Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Steelers had the worst offense in the NFL in 2022. The Steelers had the had a top 10 offense in 2022. Which of those statements is true? I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. The answer to that opening question, obviously not top 10, except... The true answer is both of those are true. The Steelers had both a top 10 offense and the worst offense in the NFL in the same season. Today we're going to talk about the Steelers' Jekyll and Hyde story of their offense. The first half of the season, the first eight games, and then after the bye week, the next nine games. I've mentioned this in other articles. I think I brought this up briefly in my previous show last week. But we're going to dive into it this week. Not just into the numbers or talk about that it happened, but we're going to look at how it happened, the mechanics of it. We're going to look at what worked, what started working suddenly in the second half of the season, what improved. But first, the numbers here. First half of the season. These are all going to be per-drive stats. I've talked about this before. The Steelers drove down the pace of the game. They've done this in the past. If you remember the 2011 season that ended with the Tebowing in Denver when Ryan Clark couldn't play and Demarius Thomas went off and just absolutely destroyed the Steelers, that year the Pittsburgh Steelers finished the year number one in both yards and points on defense for totals. But per drive stats, they were not even close. They were not a top five defense that year. But the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense focused on controlling the clock. They were number one, maybe number one or number two in time of possession in the league, protected the defense, and the defense slowed the game down, and the defense ended up number one in both points and yards, even though they weren't as good. And if you remember that season, you remember watching it, And there was this great debate among the Steelers fan base, like, this defense isn't that good, and yet they're number one. They're the number one defense in the NFL, but you could watch the game and be like, they're not nearly as good as they were. Right? We all all see it. This is not the same defense, and yet the numbers say they were the best. It was because the offense protected them. The Steelers did that this year as well. Uh, So we're going to go by drive stats because when you slow the game down, offensive totals drop and teams can look bad. If you look at total points and yards, Steelers offense wasn't good on either side. But when you look at per possession stats, first half of the season, yards per drive, yards per possession, how far do you go each time you get the ball? 31st, only one team was worse. Scoring percentage, how many times 
do you get the ball? How, what percentage do you score on? 31st, second worst. Touchdown percentage, dead last. Interception percentage, the worst. They threw the, high, the highest percentage of drives ended in interceptions of any team in the NFL first eight weeks. They punted uh, the third most, fourth most, 29th. They ranked in punt percentage. Turnover percentage, 24th. Time of possession, 20th. Scoring chance. Scoring chances is simply how many times do you score a touchdown or kick a field goal, whether it's blocked or missed or whatever. If you attempt a field goal or score a touchdown, it's a scoring chance. They rank 29th. One of my favorite, favorite metrics in sports is, in football, is scoring percentage minus turnover percentage. I've gone into before why I like this, but it's one of my favorites. It always, it's a real quick glimpse at what teams are going to be in the playoffs, right? If you have a good scoring percentage versus turnover percentage, and you can do the same for defense. You just take the scoring percentage for and subtract out the percentage of turnovers. 31st in the NFL. They were the second worst team. Offense. Second worst offense in the NFL for scoring minus turnovers. Steelers' offense in the first half was terrible. The only stat where they were average was in the percentage of drives that ended in a field goal, 14th. That was their their one thing they had is they kicked an average number of field goals, but they scored like the least touchdowns. So, yay, average number of field goals, but you can't score touchdowns. Not good for scoring. And like I said, 31st in scoring percentage, second worst. That's the first half of the season. That's abysmal. And that is the offense I think most Steeler fans think of. That's what sticks in your head. Looking farther into it, for those eight games, Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett both played roughly four games. They both played roughly four games. They both started four, uh, and they both went out around halftime, like nearish halftime. So they both played roughly four games. Trubisky, in his four games, threw three touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, 6.2 yards per attempt, an 80 quarterback rating. Kenny Pickett came in. You know this was bad. Two touchdowns in four games played, eight interceptions. He was sacked 12 times, 66.8 passer rating. First half of the season, the Steelers got gave up a sack 6.7% uh, of passing plays. That's, that's on the passing side. You look at the running game. Najee Harris had 361 yards in eight games. 108 rushes. Uh, rushing is one of the one of the few places where you want totals, often more than efficiency. You actually want volume for running the ball. Uh, that's where your success lies there, especially in, a, in the Steelers-type offense. Jalen Warren only ran the ball 29 times in the first half of the season. Gained 153 yards. That's 5.3 yards per carry. Uh, didn't score any touchdowns. Najee Harris scored one touchdown. You look through touchdown scoring of the main players. Uh, Deontay Johnson had zero. George Pickens scored one touchdown. Friar Muth scored one touchdown. Najee Harris scored uh, three. 
one rushing, two receiving. Uh, Jalen Warren had no touchdowns. That was pretty bad. That's not good. Efficiency wasn't good. Uh, offense was just bad. You move into the second half of the season. When you get past the bye week and you look at the per drive numbers, go through the same numbers we just went through. Yards per drive. First half, it was 31st. Second half, third. Third in the NFL. Scoring percentage. First half, second worst, 31st. First half, 31st, sorry. First half of the season, they were 31st. Second half of the season, eighth. Top 10 scoring rate. Time of possession goes from 20th in the first half to first overall. The time per drive that they held the ball per drive was number one in the NFL in the second half of the season. Turnover percentage, 24th, bad in the first half. Bottom 10 team. Second half of the season, third. Third fewest drives ended with a turnover. First half of the season, 29th, the fourth highest rate of punting the ball. Second half, seventh. Seventh lowest percentage of drives ending in a punt. Third fewest turnovers, seventh fewest punts. A big improvement from 24th in turnovers and 29th in punts. Touchdown percentage went from 32nd in the NFL to 17th. This is the lowest number we've come across. This is the only place where they're kind of in that middle average range is with touchdown percentage. They need, that was one of their big weaknesses is they couldn't finish touchdowns, but they were still 17th. They're still middle of the NFL even there, right? That's not too bad. It's not good. It's not what you want. That's not a top five offense touchdown rate. Field goals. Well, with, with touchdown percentage being 17 and scoring percentage being 8th, uh, field goal percentage, you probably guessed, first. They scored the most field goals. They also missed the most field goals, which means easily they attempted the most field goals. But they were first in the number of drives that ended with a made field goal. Interception percentage went from worst in the NFL to 6th best in the second half. Scoring chances, that's you attempt a field goal or score a, touch, score a touchdown, second in the NFL. Second. We've had people talking about the San Francisco 49ers offense and how great that offense is and how the Steelers, man, if, if, if the Steelers had an offense more like that. San Francisco finished below the Steelers in number of drives where they either kicked a field goal or scored a touchdown. Percentage of their drives that ended with a field goal attempt or a touchdown was actually lower than the Steelers in the second half of the season since the bye week, which includes all of Brock Purdy's games. Steelers were better. San Francisco was much better at scoring touchdowns. Like I'm not, don't don't get me wrong, I'm not crazy here. Scoring minus turnover percentage. The Steelers were third in the NFL. San Francisco 49ers were second. Right there. If you're sitting there saying, Jeff, you're crazy. The Steelers' offense was nowhere near as good as San Francisco's. Well, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. 
Touchdown percentage is one of the most important percentages on that list, and the Steelers were 17th. San Francisco was way, way higher. Steelers were 17th. That's where they need to improve. The rest of these numbers are incredible. They're incredible. Especially considering Steelers, like, who who on that offense is great? Who are the great players on the Steelers' offense? If you take an offense with no Pro Bowl offensive linemen, no real Pro Bowl players anywhere on it, right? Pat Fryermuth was hurt some of the season, didn't put up the numbers he did last, didn't look as good as he did last year. Deontay Johnson didn't have a touchdown the entire season. Like, your Pro Bowlers from before didn't make it this year. Second half of the season... They were quite good, but not enough to make the Pro Bowl. This this offense, without huge amounts of talent, is putting up numbers in the ballpark of a San Francisco. As obviously, again, outside of touchdowns, we're, we're like like in the ballpark is, is a pretty good thing. They're moving the ball into scoring range, right? As good as anyone. They're not converting into touchdowns. That's a big problem. I don't want to undersell that. But they're moving into scoring range like some of the best offenses in the NFL. Top three, top five offense in the NFL easily. And getting the ball into field goal range, into scoring range. Need to work on finishing. But, again... Look at the talent level. Look at their offensive coordinator. Where are these numbers coming from? Our opinion of this Steelers offense is you had a rookie quarterback, you had a rookie receiver. Again, I'll I'll say on the film they show it, neither of them, like both of them need a lot of polish. I've said it before, I think a lot of the touchdown scoring will improve if George Pickens and Kenny Pickett get on the same page because their timing is not great. And in the, t- in the red zone, you can't make mistakes there. Red zone targets for George Pickens should skyrocket. Look, look, at, look at how he catches the ball. Think of a fade route. I mean, come on. Fade routes, back shoulder catches. Like, you, you're going to open up so much when those two get that down. George Pickens is a perfect red zone target. Didn't really get those this year because they don't have that work put in. They don't have that timing down. If you had a crappy offensive coordinator, your two best offensive weapons, Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, aren't there yet. They're not polished enough. Your offensive line isn't really good. Your running back is, is, is Najee Harris is one of the most violent runners in the NFL, but he doesn't have the greatest vision. He was missing, he was missing run lane still. Last game of the season, I'm watching. I'm like, there, yep, he missed. He made a mistake on the run lane there. Like he, like that happens. That's Najee Harris. It's going to happen. He's also one of the most violent physical runners I've seen in a long time. He's a good one. Just vision isn't his game. When you have this kind of an offense, where where are you? Hanging with moving the ball with a San Francisco. I, I think we're underestimating. 
the offense here. And some of it is how good the offensive line became. The offensive line got better, but the offensive line wasn't great. We'll get into that. They still weren't a top 10, top five offensive line. They're not in that category. Najee Harris, upper tier running back, but running backs aren't the most important position in the NFL. Kenny Pickett showed promise, but he's not polished. He's not a top five, top 10 quarterback. I think we need to consider that some parts of this offensive scheme are not as bad as we've thought. And I'm not going to tell you that Matt Canada is a good offensive coordinator. I'm not going to tell you that. But there are parts of his game that work, that the next offensive coordinator is going to need to build on, not start over. Not tear down and start over, but build on. We're going to talk about that in the second half of the show, right after this break. Welcome back, Steeler fans. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. Cutting Room Floor is brought to you, as always, by BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and Behind the Steel Curtain's family of podcasts. You can listen to all the podcasts Behind the Steel Curtain has to offer right wherever you're listening to this show. There's also our YouTube shows every weeknight. That continues into the offseason all year. That is year-round. Every single day of the week, Steelers football talk behind the Steel Curtain radio on YouTube. Check it out. And make sure you're clicking over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your articles, all your things. I got, uh, you're listening to this and it's Tuesday, uh, January 17th, uh, or even the 18th, 19th, whenever it is this week. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have a vertex out. We're going to be talking about Canada's run game. Uh, a little bit of a spoiler here, What we're going to, something we're going to talk about in the second half of the show. Before we get into that, though, I, I do want to apologize. I brought you in here under the premise and, and promised you talking about the offense first and second half. You, you may have picked up we were going to talk about Matt Canada, but we're going to talk about Matt Canada. And I want to start with something I have consistently said about Matt Canada since he had first brought him in. And I was a big fan of his college work. Uh, I, I am a University of Michigan fan. I was born in Adrian, Michigan. And uh, so when he was at Maryland and they they, they nearly beat Ohio State, I, I watched a decent chunk of that game after it was on the upset alert uh, with, with uh, Anthony McFarland Jr. just running all over Ohio State. The Pitt game beating Clemson. Loved Matt Canada's stuff at college was a big fan. So I checked it all out. One of the things that always shows up in Matt Canada's college games, and it's showing up in the NFL now, Matt Canada's offense depends more on interior rushing success than other offenses do. 
and does better when he gets that than other offenses do when they have the ability to run up the middle. And I want to start by qualifying that even farther. Because again, oftentimes in the run game, volume is more important than just straight up like yards per attempt. Runs up the middle between the guards, not not out by the tackles, not off tackle, but just from, from left guard to right guard, right? You're running between Kevin Dotson and James Daniels. With, with, you know, you're, you're right up the middle. In the first half of the season, the Steelers were 21st in rushes, and they were at like 3.6 yards per, per carry. Second half, they only bumped that up to about 3.7 yards per carry, but they are second in the NFL in the total number of runs up the middle, and they're able to average a decent number. If you want yards per carry, you got to look at outside runs. Because while they were 21st in total rushes up the middle in the first half of the season, they were 26th in yards per carry on rushes off tackle and outside. In the second half of the season, running up the middle all more than almost any other team, they bump up to 6th in yards per carry on runs outside off-tackle, and off-end. Sixth in the NFL in rushing yards on outside runs. So as they establish the inside run more, the outside run works better. A big part of this is the often dreaded Matt Canada jet sweep. Second half of the season, the Steelers' non-running backs ran outside, not quarterbacks or running backs. We're we're taking Kenny Pickett out of this, and we're taking the running backs out of this. Even though Jalen Samuel, uh, not Jalen Samuels, wow. Jalen Warren ran a couple jet sweeps, and he was good at it. He ran a couple of good ones, but we're we're counting him out. Uh, Outside of of those, 17 runs by non-running backs, non-quarterbacks, outside in the second half of the season. 108 yards, 8 first downs, 6.35 yards per carry. That's very good run game numbers. 6 yards a carry is is, is pretty incredible. The jet sweeps worked. The outside runs worked. The jet sweeps worked. Because the runs up the middle worked. When the runs up the middle were going, the stuff to the outside worked. Let's talk about the running backs. We did we did this a bit with the receivers and the quarterbacks. First half of the season, Najee Harris, 361 total yards, 3.3 yards per carry. That's terrible. One touchdown. Second half, 164 carries, 673 yards, 4.1 yards per carry. Much better. Six touchdowns. Six touchdowns in the second half of the season compared to one in the first. Jalen Warren, 29 rushes, 153 yards, zero touchdowns in the first half of the season. Last nine games, 48 rushes, 226 yards, 4.7 yards per carry and a touchdown. He 
upped his production. He upped his touches. Najee Harris almost doubled his production. Six touchdowns over one touchdown, almost doubled his yards. In the second half of the season, the offensive line came together. The runs up the middle started being more reliable. The problem is early in the season, not that they weren't able to, to just run it. They, like, they, it wasn't that they weren't able to get yards. It was that the yards were inconsistent. If you run up the middle and get four yards, if you run up the middle and get three yards, okay, you can work from that. If you run up the middle and get eight yards, great. But if you run up the middle and get eight yards, and then the second down, you convert that first down, and the second play, you run up the middle for negative one yards, now you're at second and 11, and your chances of getting a first down have dropped substantially. In the second half of the season, those runs up the middle became much more reliable. And because of that, teams had to focus on those interior runs. The runs outside start working better. And as the runs outside start working better and the runs inside require more attention, your passing game is going to open up. The opportunity to make plays is going to go up in the passing game. And the risk of throwing the ball is going to go down as defenders are just simply not, it's not as crowded back there. Linebackers are cheating up and having to drop back. There's more space to operate from. Second half of the season, Kenny Pickett, five touchdowns, one interception. He starts taking care of the ball better. He's able to get more yards per attempt. Quarterback rating goes up heavily. Uh, Also with the improvement of the offensive line and the improvement of the run game, the steal, the sack rate that the Steelers, the percentage of plays that are that are passes that ends up as sacks drops from around six point seven to about five point eight percent. That's a good improvement. The Pittsburgh Steelers run game works, and when the run game works, it opens up everything else. Uh, we talked about George Pickens went from. Uh, 338 yards to 463 yards, one touchdown to three touchdowns in the second half of the season. Uh, Deontay Johnson, 372 yards in the first half of the season. Actually, Deontay Johnson to me is the big one. This, these are the big numbers, even though he didn't score touchdowns, right? Second half of the season with teams focused on the run game, few less crowding in the secondary. Deontay Johnson's passing numbers changed substantially. First half, first eight games, he was targeted 76 times. The last nine, 71. He was actually targeted less in the in, in the last nine games than he was in the first eight. First eight, he catches 56.6%. Second half, he catches 60.6%. Little bit of improvement there. First half, though, those 76 targets got you 372 yards. In the second half, 71 targets. Same number of catches. He caught 43 passes in both. 510 yards from an under five yards per target to over seven. Deontay Johnson went from a horribly inefficient receiver to a solid one in the second half when there's more space to operate. Kenny Pickett improved. Don't get me wrong here. Kenny Pickett improved. But Matt Canada's passing offense. We all know it's not the best. It's not the best designed. It's not really good at all. It's quite poor for NFL standards. 
And as I've said before, there's a lot of bad offensive coordinators in the NFL. There's very few good ones. And the truly elite are incredibly rare. You've got Andy Reid. You've got, uh, you know, Sean McVay. You've got a guy in San Francisco. Just can't remember his name. But you've got a few really elite offensive minds in the NFL. And that's really it. There's not a lot. And a lot of them are below average. Aren't very good. Matt Canada's passing game is bad. It's not good. It's not. But his run game is good enough that when it is working, when the offensive line doesn't absolutely suck, when Najee Harris isn't running hurt, uh, and it comes together, and you can run inside, and you can run outside zone, which they couldn't in 2021. They couldn't run outside zone to save their lives. That offensive line was terrible at outside zone. When you can run outside, you can run inside, this whole offense opens up. Even though it's not good, the not good passing game opens up and works when the run game works. This is what the Steelers have to build on. And uh, I didn't want to do this last week. I was kind of hoping the Steelers would find a really good offensive coordinator. I didn't believe they would. I, I figured Matt Canada would be back uh, simply because of how the Steelers operate. But when you look at these numbers, when you look at this, and you consider that Kenny is entering, Kenny Pickett is entering his second season as a quarterback, and you think back in time to Ben Roethlisberger and how his first three years really wasn't allowed to be the guy driving the offense. He was, especially his first two years, he threw less than pretty much any other quarterback in the NFL. Won a Super Bowl doing it. I don't think we're going to win a Super Bowl next year. But the Steelers are a family business. Like Art, Art Rooney II was there for this. right? He knows the game plan they used then. And I think we're going to see that happen here. I think we're going to see the Steelers keep Matt Candido around because a run-heavy offense. Jalen Warren and Najee Harris are both back next season. The offensive line is back. All the main people are back. I think you're going to see this team, they're going into this second season thinking, if we can keep the pressure off of Kenny Pickett, you have a George Pickens, you have a Deontay Johnson, you have a Pat Fryermuth. Kenny Pickett's improvement, George Pickens improving, is going to make this offense much better than it was even this year. And if they have the potential to put up numbers similar, not even, I'm not talking like, like second in scoring chance and first in time of possession and third in yards per drive, even if they drop out of the top five, but that touchdown percentage goes up because Kenny Pickett and George Pickens are hitting on fade routes in the end, you know, in the red zone. And that's opening up routes to Pat Fryermuth and Connor Hayward. You know, if this stuff works and they can brush that touchdown percentage up, then you're not just talking about a team that could slip into the playoffs. You're talking about a team that could do something in the playoffs. And I'm not talking massive improvement. 
I'm talking little bits of improvement over what they did last season in believable ways. George Pickens can very easily become a better route runner. Kenny Pickett this offseason, it's it's very believable to, to say he'll work with his wide receivers, get more time than he's had with them, and be better at throwing to them than he was before he had when when all of his work with them was before he threw in a pass in the in an actual NFL game against real NFL defenses. And we saw saw the difference when he went out there in his first couple of games. Had two, three interception games in that first part of the season, that first half of the season. Like we all saw that he wasn't ready. He's going to be better. George Pickens is going to be better. The other receivers are going to be better for the fact that Kenny Pickett's growth. That's going to help the run game, and if the run game can be what it was this year in the second half, more of the season, this offense could really be good in spite of Matt Canada's not-good-at-all passing offense. And that, we've seen it before, Ben Roethlisberger, 2018, Steelers were one of the better offenses in the NFL. That was with Randy Feekner. Terrible offensive coordinator. It was absolutely terrible. It didn't matter. Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Ben Roethlisberger, guess what? It didn't matter. It didn't matter that it wasn't good. It doesn't have to be good. If the if the quarterback can throw a, a great pass and the wide receivers can take a meh offensive passing scheme and get open anyways. It doesn't always have to be brilliant scheming. Sometimes it's just players making plays. Can the Steelers do better than Matt Canada? I hope. <laughs> but I don't think it's this coming year. I don't think it's 2023. I don't think it is. Uh, I think the Steelers are making a pretty sound decision. Is it the best outcome? No. It'd be great if we could find someone who was significant upgrade on Matt Canada, who could also still run the same run game that Matt Canada runs. I don't know if we'll find that. I don't know if that's available. That's my show for today. <laughs> that's our conversation. Uh, and really, I think, well, well, it's kind of sad that, like, okay, we're, we're stuck with Matt Canada, and he's not the offense coordinator we want. This offense has the ability to be a top 10 offense in the NFL with Matt Canada in charge of it. I'm going to say this again. This offense has the capability of being a top 10 offense in the NFL with Matt Canada as their offensive coordinator. Outside of scoring touchdowns, they were there last season. And again, I think George Pickens and Kenny Pickett are going to make the biggest part of the improving that touchdown percentage number. I really think they're going to be the guys who do that. That's my show. Thank you for listening. As always, really, I love that I get to do this show. I have so much fun with it. Uh, all this, all these numbers and things that I obsessively look up. And, and I, I mean, I was doing this stuff before I had this show. I was doing this stuff before I was writing articles. So it's great to have people to actually talk to. You guys listen to my show. I love it. Thank you so much for doing that. As always, have a great week. And let's go Steelers. Steelers.